Welcome to One Man's Ethos. Today, Tony welcomes Dusty Hanshaw, International Federation professional bodybuilder and co-host of its Just Bodybuilding podcast. For more information on Dusty, please visit IamMutant.com. This is One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandarich podcast. You know, we've worked together before. We've we've uh, done some probably oh, probably at least half a dozen photo shoots. Oh yeah, Jim, <laughs> and 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 over the last six, seven, eight years, mm-hmm. um, I remember first meeting you at what was the old Gold's Gym on North Site. Yeah. Um, before I met you, but I didn't like really meet you. But I was like, looked over, and I was like, oh, that fucker's got traps. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were to take that guy and look at you now, I'd be like, "Holy shit, that guy's small compared to this guy!" Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a matter of compounding work after work after work. Right. Um, but I knew, like, it's just that intuitive feeling of, you know, that that person is serious about what they do, right? And, and they take every detail seriously. What? At what point in your life, and I know you played hockey because we had talked about this before briefly. Right. Um, at what point in your life did you decide, hey, I want to pursue bodybuilding? It, it may not be, you know, because there's a lot of people that were, will pursue a lot of things solely because they like it, but they love the monetary part of it. Right. And then there's people that will sacrifice monetary for the passion. Right. And then, you know, you get the meld in between. So, you know, there's been times, I mean, I've walked away from monetary for passion. Right. Where I've been like, you know, I'm not sure, but then I'm like, I can't sleep at night. Right. No, I hear you for sure. So at what point, how old were you? At what point? What was the decision? Was it, were you on the fence for a while? Was it just one of those gut feelings that you knew? Was it that inner voice that said, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to become. This is how I envision myself. And then you mm-hmm. create it. You know, what's interesting is um, I think you find with things like this that there are, when you move forward in your life, you look back and catch things you didn't even realize. Right. Um, so like when, it's funny, but when I was in high school, I had to write a paper and uh, I was a hockey player. I lifted weights, but I was, um, I've always just been naturally strong. Um, and in a way, probably like you, where you don't even kind of really realize it. Um, like when I was in school, they had the, the thousand pound club, right. um, you know, which I don't think they're allowed to do anymore. Cause was, uh, God, God forbid you have winners or deadlift losers. Bench, deadlift bench and squat. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, the clean back then. Okay. But yeah. So, uh, and so I never really like trained, but I knew that the thousand pound club was the best. Right. So I benched and then I cleaned and I said, okay, how much does the squat have to be? Okay. Put that on there. <laughs> and then I get to a thousand and that's how I got there. Like, you know, it wasn't a matter of like training and all that. So I always had that. And then I had to write a paper at one point and randomly, I think just like everybody, there was, you see the magazines back in the day, I'd pick them up every now and look through. And, uh, I wrote my story about a guy named Dorian, which of course was Dorian Yates. Right. Um, and coincidentally, it was funny, but the, uh, the professor was from England. I didn't know that, or I guess her husband was. So she actually knew who it was and asked me. Wow. She was like, hey, is this a reference to that? And that all clicked through. And I didn't think anything of it. I played hockey for years after that. And uh, actually what ended up happening was I got injured. And I knew, and I think a lot of people can, can identify with this, I had no desire to be a nine to five normal. Right. Um, I never had a plan B with hockey. Like, since I was about 12 years old, I knew that this is what I was going to do. Right. Um, it was never a question. So there was, and I, and I am that weird believer that uh, I think that a plan B detracts from plan A. Um, you know, figure out how you're going to get right. there. Right. Um, but that being said, then you end up where I was, where I had an injury where it was immediate. Like I knew as soon as I got the surgery um, that it was done. My, my type of playing was over. And, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was freaky because I was like, well, shit, now what? Right. You know, so I went and got a, a just over broke uh, job. 
And uh, what was the injury? Uh, I had a shoulder injury, so I had dislocated my shoulder over thirty times in like. Oh, a month. geez. Okay. Um, so what they end up doing back then, which is funny, that same injury now would not end your career. Right. It wouldn't even slow you down. You would have been a twenty-year pro hockey vet. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's <laughs> funny how that works. And you know, I'm I'm definitely a believer in everything happens to put you where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Um, you can call it God, universe, whatever your thing is, but that I do believe in. And um, I had uh, I literally went into the gym to just get strength, and I saw a sign for a show, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna do that." Uh, no idea what I was doing. And no reason to believe I would be good. It's not like I had this crazy natural build for bodybuilder or anything. Um, That'd be like an NPC poster or something. Yep, exactly. The same ones that you shoot for, the Miles yep. ones. There was yep. one of those up, and I just said, screw it, I'm going to try it. The show was like eight weeks out. I had no idea what I was doing, so I literally said, all right, I'm going to uh, – I knew that tuna fish was low in fat. So I ate uh, two cans of tuna every two and a half hours for eight weeks. For eight weeks? Yeah. And anything else? <laughs> Oh my. No idea what I was doing. I got shredded. Oh. I, I hated, I can't eat tuna anymore, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I hated every step of the process. Like I actually said, I will never do this again, the entire prep, right. but I don't quit because I had said out loud to myself, I was going to do this. So, um, and I ended up doing the show and I liked it. Um, and immediately understood that uh, the pain was the fun. Um, so I tinkered with it for a couple of years. Um, and I was, uh, kind of the similar situation as you where, um, I was, uh, I got lucky, fell into a job tinting windows in Arizona, right. uh, for cars. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm 20 years old. I'm making 40,000 on the books, 40,000 cash. Right. Good little living for 20 years old and no yeah. degree, no nothing. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and I hated it. Right. I absolutely hated the job. And I started to realize that every Sunday around three o'clock, I started to dread Monday. And, uh, but I was like, what do you, it's $80,000 and I have no skills. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, in my you do, head, but, but, you know, in your head, you're like, yeah. what, what do I do? And, uh, fortunately I was married at the time and my now ex-wife was like, quit. What do you mean? quit <laughs> right right she was like just quit and i was like how am i gonna make that money she was why do we need the money yeah. we don't own anything right. we have an apartment and two cars that are paid for right. and so i was like all right screw it so i quit and uh, i was shopping at a supplement store at the time and uh i went down there and they knew what i did for work and i was like hey i want a job and the guy's like i can pay you eight dollars and 25 cents an hour right i was like i'll take it right and he's like, you're crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like, but I just knew that for some reason I liked the world of bodybuilding. And like I said earlier, like I didn't know what I was doing, but I liked it. I liked to work out. You know, in and, a way, uh, it's a, in a way it's a cult. Yeah, it, for it's sure. It's got its own, you know, culture and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very underground. So I, uh, I went over there, started doing that. And while I was there and I learned the, the science of bodybuilding, um, I realized I, w I loved it and I wanted to do it. And, uh, so I just, it's a weird thing. And I tell people this all the time. I just made a decision. Um, so it was, uh, 2006. I said, you know, I'm going to do this for a living. And I'm a weird person. Like I, I just say it out loud. That's why I like, <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't like, I don't know. I just, I feel like if you put it out to the universe and you put it out there, um, you have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was funny because again, I'm not, I'm not a genetically structured person for bodybuilding. No one said to me, Oh, you should be a pro bodybuilder. Um, I just had made a decision and I'm a pretty firm believer that if you make a decision like that, but you really make it mm -hmm. like failure becomes not an option, right? You just find a way. Right. Um, so in 2006, I did my first, what I call my first real show. Um, an amateur NPC. Show. Yeah. An amateur show. And, uh, I picked the biggest one I could find and uh, I ended up taking fourth place as a super heavyweight and I had made some mistakes at the end and uh, but then I was really hooked because that prep was hard. Yeah. Like I hard, remember. Harder um, than tuna fish. Oh, way harder. 
All right. Okay. Yeah, this was worse because that was self-inflicted, and I didn't know um, the training part. Right. Uh, and those things. So actually, kind of a cool side story, but I had hired a guy. You'll relate to this. I had hired this guy, J.J. Marsh, uh, who was a pro down here, mm-hmm. and he's ruthless. Like, people are I mean, He's known to be an ass. So uh, when I reached out to him, uh, he's like, sure, come to my house. I'll take a look at you. So on the way to his house, I called him and said, okay, I'm on my way, whatever. And he goes, okay, perfect. Uh, if, uh, if you're not good, I won't work with you. I'm driving to his house. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. So I get to his house. He runs me through quarters. And mind you, I, I'm not good. Like, I, right, I don't, right, right, you know, right. like I'm learning. I'm so beginner. And so I do everything he says. I run through the shots and, and I'm looking at him. He's like dead silent. He goes, all right, uh, we'll start now. Wow. I was like, okay. And I said, uh, what do I need to do? And he said, uh, well, the first step is it's $5,000. And I was like, okay. And I told him, show him at the time. Remember, eight twenty-five dollars an hour, baby. <laughs> I was like, so, so it's a million dollars. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, so I told him, I said, hey, I have like 1200 And I can pay you along the way. Um, and I will get you caught up. He's like, okay, fine. And uh, the funny part was, so, and like I said, Jay is known to just, he's not nice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I say that in a way that I love him because as you know, if someone is not nice, if they ever pay you the smallest compliment, you know what it means. My gosh. You know what I'm saying? Especially from a peer. Yeah, you're like, okay. Well, yeah, and he was a, I mean, and he was a winning professional Right. retired you know what i mean right um so i remember one day we we're training at the old awatuki golds on elliot mm-hmm. and uh i realized during the workout he was trying to break me because we had just done too much right. and we're going and going and going and uh when i realized that i was like okay that's fine um i can do this i can die here or, or not right you know <laughs> like, right. Yeah. that'll be fine by me and uh, so I, I, we're doing a squat machine, and he wants 20 reps with this crazy weight. And I squeak it out, right. back it. And he goes, all right, add a plate. And at this point, I'm pissed. I'm like, well, why don't we just fucking add two? And he goes, all right, add two. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> you're, you're antagonizing him. <laughs> yeah, now, now my mouth has caught me. Right. Um, so we do, and I mean – don't get me wrong. I mean, he forced me through them. I didn't get all 20 myself, but uh, we got them. Right. Then we moved on to the hack squat. Similar thing, just pushing, pushing. Finally, I went down for a rep and actually came back up, and then it started to go back down. Oh, geez. And he grabbed it, and he's pulling, and I'm pushing, and it's, it's done. Right, right. I go back to the bottom, so I sit there, and he's like, can you get out? And I said, no, just give me a minute. I said, I think if I can breathe here for a minute, right. I can finish. Right. And he's like, get out. <laughs> so, so I get out and he looks at me and he says, uh, how much do you owe me? And I was like, <laughs> I was like $1,760. Like you he just paid me. He goes, you don't owe me anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't that the best feeling? You know, and when you're, and you gotta remember when you're broke, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like I just won the lottery. You know right. what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. I get to go home and tell my wife that I yeah. washed a $1,700 debt. Yeah. On a hack squat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that part is what I fell in love with. And that's what you're talking about, the passion of it. Mm-hmm. So I realized then that like, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to turn this into a career. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I could. And I just, I love working hard. Um, and it's funny, but there's a quote uh, by Walt Disney that I've always loved. It's, uh, isn't it fun to do what's impossible? Right. And that was me in the gym. Like I would love to do things knowing that probably shouldn't be possible. Right. You know what I mean? By your normal human being. Yeah. And when, but I've really, you know, I fell in love, like I said, with the mindset of it. See, people look at bodybuilding and they think, uh, number one, ego Mm -hmm. or, or fragile ego, (laughs) one of the two, uh, you know, and, and, and on down the line and only people who are really, uh, into it, understand that it is, it's mental, it's spiritual, it's all these things. I want at the very end, by the way, we look at ourselves yeah. 
but without the first gear, it's not there. Um, so yeah, when I fell in love with that, it was just set and I knew I'd get it done. And, uh, so yeah, after that show I was hooked. Um, and I immediately started winning after that. Right. Um, but I had a vision, like I think like, uh, any business does, yeah. I looked and said, okay, what will it take to win? Right. So I set up a timeline. Okay. It's 2006. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to compete again until I can win. I think I can win in 2008. Uh, so I won the overall with perfect score at my next show. And did you, th- was it because you wanted, was it, you wanted more mass? Was that what you felt was your biggest? I, I, I definitely needed more mass cause I'm a, I'm a large framed person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I needed to fill it out and I needed some muscle maturity. Right. Um, so I knew that that would take a little bit of time. So then I, I, I won that show. And that was in October of 2008. And they have the national level show in November. Right. And of course, after the show, I mean, I just smoked the show. It wasn't even close. Right. Um, everyone's like, okay, so you're going to do nationals. And I said, no. They're like, why? I'm like, I can't win. Like, I know what those guys look like. Right. I'm not dieting for six more weeks right. to go get my ass kicked, you know? Uh, so at the time, back in the day, the websites used to post every uh, Saturday night, all the shows. Right. The, and you can see who won the overall. Right. So I had told myself, I said, you know what? I'm going to look at the overall winner of every show every weekend. And once I've hit a time period of a few months where I haven't seen anybody that I don't think I could beat or at least be in the mix with, then I'm going to prep for a, uh, for a national level show. And uh, that ended up being 2009. I was like, okay, I'm there. Like I haven't seen anybody who just dust me, right? you know? So I was like, all right, we're going to do this. So I called up my now still current coach now 11 years later, uh, Chris Aceto. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to win junior nationals. And I was like, you've never heard of me. I've only done one big show. I won. Doesn't matter. Literally a cold call. Yeah, no, I, I actually I messaged him on a, on a, uh, on a forum. So that's fucking awesome. Assuming that he would blow me off. I mean, right. he worked with Mr. Olympia. Yeah, because you're going to like, because he probably knew you'd keep messaging him until he answered. Yeah, well, that's, and that's what's funny about yeah. it is I actually had done that uh, during the same time period. Uh, when I knew I needed more size to be at that national level, I had reached out to this guy, Dante Trudell, who was uh, known for putting muscle on people. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged him and I said, hey, Dante, you know, I don't know if you know me, but this is me. This is what I do, yada, yada, yada. And he responded back to me and he says, yeah, I know exactly who you are. Nice. Um, you look awesome. He's like, you're already a freak. You don't need me. Boom. So I read that and my first judge is like, yeah, you know. Right. And then about a day passed. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. So I messaged him back. I said, hey, uh, you know, I really appreciate that, but but I'm not ready. Like I need more. And, and you're the guy I need you to do it. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't prep people anymore. I don't do it. Right. I was like, well, that's fine. I don't need you to prep people. I just need you to prep me. Right. <laughs> you <laughs> exactly. know, and, uh, and long story short, it, it was about five messages. Mm-hmm. And finally I messaged my like, listen, I don't know what you charge, but I said, if you will take me, I'll pay up front. And if I blow off and change one thing, ever you've got it in writing that you can blow me off don't answer my emails keep the money we're done i think he realized i was not going to stop (laughs) and you were very very serious about what you know so he uh so he finally was like okay i'll I'll take you um you know and like i said he hadn't trained anybody in a couple years and he's like all right but Every single thing I tell him, I was like, dude, he did. Like, like promise, he did I'm that guy. Yeah, right. I was like, I told him, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not talented for this. Mm-hmm. I'm crazy. There's a difference. So I'll figure it out. So yeah, he got me to the point where I was big enough. I reached out to Chris, and shockingly enough, opposite of the spectrum. He's like, okay, cool, let's do it. And I'm like, and he responded like in five minutes. Sure, does. Yeah, I was like, oh. Okay, like now I'm a little frozen, and thankfully I'm older now, so I got money. Right. So I, uh, I, I was like, okay, how much is it? And he tells me. So I literally, I, I owned the the retail stores, which is funny. Yeah, the yeah. stores I used to work for, I bought them. Yeah, I remember. So that's the full circle of going to work there for eight, huh. eight and a quarter an hour. I ended up buying them a few years later, but um, that's a great. But I called uh, I called Evian and I said, hey, I need you to go get a cashier's check for this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I need you to take it to the post office and overnight it to this address. 
And she was like, okay. So uh, she does that, overnights it. And the next day I get a, a call from him. He goes, hey, I know you're serious, but don't ever waste $20 overnight in me a check. <laughs> I was like, okay, I just needed you to know, like, I'm in, like, right, right. You're, you're <laughs> you know, statement, you're yeah, yeah, we're doing this, and uh, it was cool though because we prepped, and uh, Chris works with the best in the world, mm -hmm. um, and he had actually just come back to training people. He had uh, stage four cancer. Oh, wow. um, that I can't remember the percentage, but I want to say it's literally like 18 percent of people survive. Right. And uh, somehow he did. And, uh, and I think that's kind of how I got back in is he was just getting back into helping people. And uh, when he prepped me for that show, I, I found a new level of suffering, which... A new level. Yeah, which was actually enjoyment. Right. Because at that point, it's what I loved. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, is you the, understand it that. It sounds like the process is what you really love. Oh, yeah. No, it's always... And I think that that's the thing is when the process is what you crave... Yeah. The result just happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's because it's one of those things and you can identify with this, like you would do it anyways. Right. Like when, if you're into it, like, it's you know, just, it's just part of you. It's just part of me. It's mm -hmm. just part of you. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like I was, you know, obviously as you had mentioned in your earlier days, you did stuff or trained ways that weren't the most optimal or best practices. And yeah. the industry didn't know the best practices yet as yeah. time goes on. Well, I mean, my best, like, this is the way I train. Heave as much weight as you can every single day you go into the gym. Right. And that was it. Like, that was it. It was like, mm -hmm. why do I want to do that? Because I want to be different than everybody else. And nobody else does that. Yep. Well, there's also consequences with that because yeah. later on in life, you start to, you know, be like, oh, you can't lift my shoulder. I can't do this. <laughs> you know what? It's worth it. Oh, for sure. That's saying you wouldn't trade it if you knew. I, I, mean, I do it, know. You know. I would not <laughs> trade it. Right? At 53 yep. years old, I mean, I wake up every day and I'm hurting, but I'm like, I'm seriously, I'm like, there's that voice inside my head that says, don't be a little bitch. Right. Because you knew this was coming. If, at 21, when it was hard to get out of bed to go to the second practice of the day, because mm -hmm. my knees were hurting and my back was hurting. I mean, you have to be pretty naive not to think when you're 40 or 50, you're not yeah. going to be in real bad shape. Yeah, let's just do the math. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's common sense. Right. But, but it was, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, I think that's a, a thing that I think uh, when I look back, people ask, like, you know, what do you think about that? And I say, you know everyone talks about the body and being like the ultimate gift while you're right. on the planet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, in my thought process with that is, well, then I'm going to use it to its fullest capability. I don't want to hand it back unused. Healthy. Right. Yeah. And like, Hey, I did everything this fucking thing could do. <laughs> it's like, I've, I've told people like, that I, I used to, um, I used to race like crotch rockets when I was a kid. Uh -huh. the, uh, the, you know, the jigsaws and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, you don't understand. When you get on one, you don't have a choice. You drive that way because you have to. Right. It's not. And made, that's yeah. yeah it's it's like the crew. You know. Yeah. I mean, if I get in a big, you know, if I get in a big luxury car, I don't have to speed around. But I mean, I've driven a Lambo. Trust me. Right. You want to even if you're only get to a hundred, you want to see how fast you can get there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's the same with this. So it's very like. I want to know what it can do. And I think the coolest part of the body is uh, I'm still finding that I, I haven't reached it yet. Right. You know, and I think that's the other thing that's the amazing is when you love the process and you realize you're never going to win. Yeah. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah. It's a lifelong process. Yeah. It'll, it'll never be enough. Yeah. You're never going to beat gravity. Yeah. No matter how, even if you're the best in the world, when well, I got to beat you. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Gravity will continue to pull. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just the fact of physics, you yeah, know. And it's and it's fortunate because you get like I have something I can do every day, knowing I'll never win. Yeah, and like that, uh, I think with people like us, um, and I say that meaning anyone that's on this, like mm -hmm. if you can understand the importance of having something to chase. Oh, definitely, like a you know, like a purpose. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. I remember I can't uh, can't remember what movie it is, but. Uh, it's about uh, traders, Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And most of those guys have a, a number where they're going to retire, but it's a high-stress job. 
Right. You know, and all those things. And I mean, right. guys commit suicide. I mean, it's a big situation. Right. Yeah. And a, uh, a younger guy coming up asked his, uh, his mentor, he said, uh, what's your number? And he said, more. Uh, and I heard that and man, answer. it like hit me. Cause I'm like, yes, that's it. Because it's not about money anymore. Right. It's not about like, nothing I do now is about that, fortunately. Right. It's just more. Yeah. You know, and I would do the more if no one saw it. Yeah, right. With nobody you know, watching, yeah. yeah. If it was midnight in the gym and there were, you know, you had the keys to the gym, nobody else was there, you would mm -hmm. train the same way you would train at noon. Yeah, no, and that's the, yeah. and that's why, I, like, so when you hear those, and you know that when you're watching a show or you get a little gem and you're like, it hits, you're like, that's yes. me, yes. that's me. And I hear, you know, I don't watch a lot of television or things, but I do get these little things and you hit them. Mm -hmm. And you kind of want to look around the room, like if, it, if you were in a theater or something, and wonder, like, I wonder how many people got that the way I did. Right. <laughs> and you know what? They, they probably, it's just probably dialogue to them. Yeah, and, no, and, most and, people and, don't and, identify with yeah. them. It's not wrong. It's not wrong, no. It's, it's not just wrong. not their deal. Like in the, I think, I hate the word because it sounds wrong, but elite-minded people, uh, that's all they understand. Right you know, is that hunt and that more and that, uh, that drive. Um, I'm sure you've seen already, but did you watch the last dance, the thing on Jordan and the bulls? Yeah. Okay. So that, like, he's my favorite athlete. Yeah. So that, that to me, I mean, there's so many things, but the very last episode, uh, the line that hit me was it all started with hope. Yeah. And they referenced back to when he first got to Chicago and said, I would like to bring something like that here. Um, and that, I think, because it was real, even as good as he was, mm -hmm. uh, it was that same mentality. You know, there were so many gems in that. I, mean, I probably will watch it again. Oh, my gosh. it's a You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But between him and even the other guys, Rodman, like hearing some of the lines that they put in there, I remember at one point they were talking about uh, another player, and I can't remember his name, for, uh, for his college team. He said, yeah, he goes, he goes, I remember when we played, he goes, I was better than him for about two weeks. Right. <laughs> that's, uh, like, I was probably some guy that was an All-American that got you know, down yeah. and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a thing, and it's funny. And then the same thing when they went up, because someone like that, you, they, they don't level up. Right. They pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I think that that is why some people have a hard time uh, with someone like that, because they, there's no other key. You know, I know you've referenced like relentless Tim Grover, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you, and it was funny because I remember reading that and uh, it asked like, are you a cleaner? And I remember thinking, no, no, I'm not. And then you get a few chapters later, it's like, no cleaner thinks they're a cleaner. I'm like, oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, because like, if you ask someone else, they would say, of course. Right. But in your, you know, you always, because there's always more. Yeah, because I think even in the – I don't think Michael Jordan ever thought he was a cleaner. He just knew. Like, he just did his thing at, yeah. at, at the highest level all the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that book was freaking phenomenal. Um, I make all my clients read it. It is phenomenal because it does talk about all the different – the three different types, and then it yeah. talks about the cleaner. And I thought to myself, yeah, like you did, like you said. I'm like, yeah, I'm that. That's how I think. But then I think to myself, but why did I fail? Like I, I had a lot of yeah. success, but why did I fail like epically? But then I did come back, but then it's like, okay, well, why am I not like epically succeeding now? Like, right. yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well, but I'm not, right. it, to me, that's, I don't want to do well. I, I want to be like as good as I can be without sounding arrogant. I want to be phenomenal at whatever I do. Right. No, that's, I don't think it's, that's what's funny. Like when we talked the other day, it's, you know, when you were talking about uh, having me run one more 40, if you want to see, right. you know, you said that. I was like, of course, like it didn't right. eat, like, right. why would you, why would you not say that? And why would you not think that? that? Was perfect. Like, yeah. like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, I'm sure a lot of people would look at that scenario and say, Oh, that's kind of arrogant. But I think if you ask a cleaner, they'd be like, well, yeah. Yeah. It, it would be business as usual. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. 
Um, and that's like you said, it, you don't think of it. It's just, the, that's literally in you. The way you think. Yeah. And it's why I have found it's why, uh, I struggle to identify with people who don't think that way. I totally and it's, you know what I mean? I totally relate to what you said because I, I won't say who it was, but somebody very near and near and dear to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, family related, like right. as close as you can get blood related. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, and, and in just conversations being yeah. like, well, don't you want to be the best of this thing that you're doing? Yeah. And she was like, no. And I was yeah. like, what do, you, what do you mean? And I was like, <laughs> you sat I, down. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't, it's not my language. I don't understand it. Now that mm-hmm. doesn't mean like, and I was never one of those people that, that pushed my daughters. Like, you got to do this, you got to do that. But, you know, I think the way I did it, they felt like it was like that. Right. Because, and it wasn't like a, I wasn't demanding that way, but I was like, you know, if you want to be the best, you have to sacrifice a lot of things. Yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah, that's just part of the, that's, you know, in general. And then each niche has its own certain things that you have to sacrifice. Right. but I think that was one of the biggest mistakes I made was, you know, in a, in a nice way, being like, whatever you do, be the fucking best at it. Right. Or at least, you know, try, like strive to be the yeah, best. You know, if you, if you push and you're not, that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to fail. I mean, if you're failing, you're doing. You're in if the you're game. not failing, you're right. in trouble. If you're <laughs> failing, you're in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I remember being in, in, in the Meadowlands playing the Jets third and 15 and I get a holding call and, and the guy, you know, Peyton throws it for a first down right. and I get a holding call. So now it's like third and 25. We don't, you know, the chances of converting are like 1%. We don't, we right. don't convert, we punt. So I'm like running to the sideline and I'm like, I'm not going to avoid the coach. I'm going right to the coach. Cause I know I'm going to get my ass reamed. Right. And he, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, and I'm, and I'm ready for it. And I'm like, Hey, it is what it is, but I'm ready for it. And he goes, did you hold them? And I said, yeah, I said, I, I did, but I thought my hand was inside. I said, so we'll see on the film. The film don't lie. You know, the eye in the right. sky don't lie. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he said, turn around and look over here. So we looked at the stands. Right. And, and he goes, now look all around. And, you know, it's packed Meadowlands, like 70, 80,000 people. He goes, right. you know how many people in those stands wish they could get a holding call? Right, yeah. <laughs> and like and to blow like, this opportunity. Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, holy shit. He just put right. a lot of things in perspective right. of, of like, you're in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, and then fun, in a fun way, in a funny way, he said, don't fucking do it again. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's okay. <laughs> right. I'm not saying it's okay, but yeah. I'm saying, okay, you did it. It's over. Next play, you know, just don't do it again. Yeah, but also don't sit back in that play because exactly. the next one's the only one that matters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I find that that's a, and I'm I'm always curious, you know, because it is like you said with your daughters, how you're brought up. Yeah. Um, my father, and I credit him for it, and my a lot of people in my life hated him for it, but uh, when I was a kid, when I was playing hockey, I was well above the best, um, and so. I could score five goals in a game and he'd ask me about the one that I missed. And I never thought of it. Right. Because, and it's funny and that, and that has dripped into me and I've actually learned it again, the hard way with people. Um, you may even know, uh, but I, I, I go to a massage, uh, lady named Elena. I went to her for years, mm-hmm. you know, find them too big for her. So, but, uh, so I went to her for a <laughs> long time in muscle. <laughs> and I remember like, it was so funny. I want to say I was like a year and a half in and she goes to me, do you, do you think I do good work? And I was like, yeah, I come every week. Yeah. Oh, you've never said it. Oh, and it's funny because it's, that's like, I don't say anything if things are right. I wouldn't come back if they weren't. Yeah. In my brain, I'm here. And then I started to realize that that was everything in my life. And my dad was the same way. We don't need to talk about the five goals. They went in. Right. But can we get the sixth? Yeah. And it's funny because people would say, oh, that's too harsh. But I never looked at it that way. Right. And, and if I could 
it's if someone said to me, how would you raise a kid? I'd be like, like that. And, and granted, I understand it's like coaching. Like if your kid's not geared like me, you might break him. So I, I would hope I could figure that out. Right. But uh, for me, that's still how I look at things. Like, like you said, I mean, who cares like the things you're good at? You know what I mean? Right. Like, good, keep doing those. <laughs> right. But we right. need to focus on these things that can be better. I mean, that's business, that's anything, right? I mean, I don't think there's a single business owner, no matter how well you're doing, that doesn't say, okay, but what about this? How can we bring that up or the, or the market's changing and we're not really great in this way. I think that's where it's going. We've got to figure that out. You know, those we, uh, who relax. Yeah. Yeah. You're just constantly looking and, uh, and, and I've found in all things, uh, and you'll understand this. Um, people limit what they think they're capable of mm. because of where they're sitting. Um, you can't imagine it when you're at the bottom. You know what I mean? The, the big, big things. Um, They're so, impossible. Yeah, like if you're making 30 grand a year and working your ass off, and someone says to you, like, but they're being literal, like, man, what do you think it's gonna take you to make a million? You'd be like, I'm never gonna make a million. Right. I make 30. So if someone said to you, what do you think it's gonna take you to make 40? Right. You could see that as a possibility. But what happens in, in life and in business and whatever, is every time you reach a new level, you can see something else and go, well, that's possible. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's actually, there's a, it's called peak to peak thinking because as you get to a higher peak, you can now see the next one that you couldn't see from down below because the one you're standing on now was in the way. Um, and I find that that is one of the things that, that people don't understand. So when you speak to them, because a lot of people reach out to me, do you think I can be this? And I'll go, no. Why? You asked, right? I never asked for permission. <laughs> That's such a key phrase. You know, I just decided and I didn't know how and I would figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but I, the way I looked at it was simple. Like if I go for it, like it's absolutely going to happen, I'm going to get somewhere better than I am today. Um, and then, and then, and then it's like, and then what do you, like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. It's like when I things come, lead to other pepper. things, right? Right, yeah. right. You know, so it's like, it's like when you, you know, I, I, how many people that are watching something like this will say they, they took on this job, this career, and they, they went for the top and they didn't make it, but then someone noticed them from a different company. Mm -hmm. We could use your talent over here. Right. And now they're at a new peak that they never, I mean, now you're not even in the same company anymore. Right. <laughs> but it's because the way you chased that thing at your current deal. You know, so like for me, uh, the same thinking, like when I realized I was done with hockey, I got the surgery, I went back, I played a couple games, and uh, I realized, like, I can't play the way I used to play. Right. My body is just not going to do it. Right. Um, and I'm not a quitter, I just, I'm not an idiot. Right. Uh, so I... I was with the team. They, you know, and you know how that works. Like people who watch us don't understand. Like we don't have our own equipment. Like right. <laughs> they give it all to us. Um, so when I was done, I told the organization, I was like, "Yeah, this isn't. I'm, I'm not what you want. I can't. And I can't do it anymore." And they knew I was right. Uh, so I walked out, and I left the bag, and I left the sticks, and I left the equipment because I didn't need it anymore. And I haven't been on skates since. And it's not sad. No. Because I'm done. I took it as far as I possibly could. Yep. And I think that's where people, you know, people who look back are people who didn't go for it. So they wonder. And they regret, yeah. Could I have, could I have made it? Well, now it's too fucking late. Yeah. And you're never going to know. I know. That was the end. You know yep. that was the end. Yep. So when you're done, you can go, cool. Now what? Next. It's like, yeah, there's no, you know, and even though I went from, I'm going to be a professional hockey player making seven figures to holy shit, what am I going to do? It didn't matter. Right. It's done. Right. You know, and, and that I, I firmly believe is because I went for it and I knew no matter how I failed. And I don't, I know a lot of people want to sugarcoat that. Go, oh, you didn't fail. Yeah. No, I did. The goal was to go pro and make a living playing hockey. And I did not do that. Right. But I'm good with it. Yeah, because you 
you went for it. I think that that's where people screw themselves is they don't have the, the balls to just go for it and find out. Yeah, you actually like, you're on your insides, you know, you didn't leave anything on the table. Yeah. Like, you gave it everything you had and it just didn't work out. So it's like, you're good with it. Yeah. It's like, next, what am I going to do next now? It, mm -hmm. It'd be a tragedy to, to half-ass it and then get hurt and then be like, oh, shit, I, if, if I really gave it all I had, I might have made it. That, to me, right. to live with something like that would be brutal. Well, especially if it's a passion, right? Because yeah. football, hockey, bodybuilding, these are passions. And I definitely learned uh, that I would never work for money. Um, and, and when I learned that and made those decisions, I find ways to make money with what I do. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm definitely not a guy who pretends that I'm not, you know, I looked at bodybuilding and said, okay, how am I going to make a living doing this? Um, but the point was I didn't, I could go probably open a company selling spoons and make more money. I don't know. Or some wacky shit I don't yeah, care about how exciting is that yeah I don't want to right. you know um and that's and that's how I uh, got rid of the business same thing right. I reached a point where bodybuilding had it was time to choose I could be mediocre at both or good at one and I said I can own a business whenever I want I can come back to retail everything it's all here I can do that I can sell buy it doesn't even matter what it is I'll be fine so I'm going to let this go and I want to go chase this passion until I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, and that's always been, people will ask me all the time, uh, when will you stop? And the answer is either when I'm stopped <laughs> right. or uh, when it's not fun anymore. Yeah. You know? I think, yeah. Especially that like the stopping for me became, or really the slowdown became because of physical injury. Yeah. Because the desire to do it is still there and it, 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 it solved a lot of things for me, like, uh, or I should say it remedied a lot of things. Like, you know, you wouldn't have anxiety over little things because it would, you'd be so gassed from working out. Right. <laughs> or, <laughs> you'd be right. I totally get that. You know, and it's, and, and then when you don't have that, you, you're first, you're stressing because you're not in, like when I walked into a gym, I felt like I was at home. Yeah, for sure. I know what you know. It's like what Jim either. It's like I feel at home, and mm -hmm. and I would I would feel, and this you know this will sound arrogant. I think to some people, I think you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If I walked into a gym, I would know when I was healthy that I could pretty much own this place in about a month or two. Not meaning like physically own the building, but own this place as far as that's the guy who's the baddest mf yeah. in this gym. No, and I, you know what's funny you say that is uh, I have a friend, and I won't name the gym, but there's a lot of, a lot of bodybuilders there, uh, and, a, and there's a lot. It's, it's like high school, mm -hmm. and uh, this friend of mine was telling me about it, and, and, and uh, they were like, well, I don't know if you like it there because of this and this, and I said, oh, that wouldn't happen to you. Like, what do you mean? I go, they're waiting for the guy. There isn't one. Right. That would be me. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. Then everyone can stop trying to figure out who's that. And right. then it just goes to normal. Right. And I was like, and, and I remember same thing. They were looking at me like, well, that was arrogant as fuck. And I'm like, no, right. It's just what it is. And that's okay. And guess what? Everyone there would be glad I'm there. Yeah. It's not an arrogance, not an ego. I'm not a dick. No, but it just, it just goes, Oh, okay. Now we know. Yeah. And that person, like that person, meaning you in this example, like that person operates at a different level. Yeah. And everyone will try to come up. Yep. You know what and I mean? So it's, it ends up being good for people. It's for good for the gym. Yes. yes. You know, it's the same. I mean, like right, you know, during this pandemic, I, you know, I have, I found a place I've been going mm -hmm. and it's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. And now because of that, uh, you also get some other ownership things, you know, like people have to put their shit there away. If I'm there. Right. 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 You know, the music changes when I get there, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if you know, but uh, so Luke Sandow, the one who uh, just died uh, on my birthday, committed suicide. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's a he's a, a phenomenal pro. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, you know, found some demons and uh, ended up committing suicide. Uh, but what was funny was I, I remember talking to him one day and he goes to this gym and the gym owner is just a hardcore dude, loves bodybuilding. And uh, he loves crazy, brutal, like rock music where you're screaming. Like thrash metal. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not into it, but uh, not that's, into his, that that, that's his deal. Right. And, uh, and so when he comes to the gym, that's what the owner puts on. And the owner hates it. Right. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny. He goes, uh, he goes, yes, I'm sitting there one day. And this other kid walks over and goes, hey, why do you put this shit on when Luke's here and you won't let us affect anything? And the owner in a big English accent, because they're over in English, because you're not getting ready for the fucking Olympia. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, I heard that I was like, yeah. true it's true got it like it's it's funny because I, I i identify with that and i'm like number one what a great owner yep. because he gets it and he, he knows and he knows the value of having him there yep. um wants to do his part in helping but yeah it's just one of those things again where he was like this is my guy yeah you know this is our guy you right. know what i mean right. Right. and i think that that's uh that's something that more people should strive for I think that, you know, this is my, and I, and I always joke that it's, it's so warm and fuzzy, but I mean it. Like, everyone has their thing, but most people have the balls to go for it. Like, they just say, ah, oh, it's, I couldn't do that. And I'm like, why? Right. Like, I mean, and, and it's like you said, like, you literally don't understand because it's not a case of like your friend where they don't want to. Right. They just like automatically say they can't. And I'm like, what do you mean? Right. And why would like, let's make sure. Yeah. Like, and go for it. Like you can and make the world tell you, you can't. Right. You know what I mean? Make, make it happen. So you can walk away. Cause it's just, it is, it's very hard to identify. Um, and like you said, I had to learn to work through that. And so now I ask people, what are you trying to do? That way I can, bring my expectation down because when you come to me i'm like oh so you want to take over the world all right how are we going to do this and they're like where do you want to start (laughs) i'm a soccer mom and i just want to look a little better by april 16th i'm like oh shit okay sorry right thought we were trying to do something crazy (laughs) when i used to work out at uh lifetime Uh uh-huh country club yeah of course yeah so um this was probably eight nine years ago i would uh, i would just keep to myself, I'd have my hat on, my headphones on, mind my own business. But if somebody like, if I could see somebody approach to yeah. want to engage, I would take my headphones off and engage with them. And I would get questions, and I know you've gotten millions of these questions. But I would get questions like, "Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question about lifting?" And I'd be like, "No, sure." You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not a pro lifter, but I said, "I, said, yeah. I know, I know a thing or two." Right, I know a thing <laughs> or two. Um, he goes. So for chest, I'm doing like four sets of eight on bench. And then I do like this at incline. Am I lifting right? And there was this huge pause by me. And I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to accomplish? He's going to determine how you I don't even, I don't even know what you're asking, to be honest with you. It's like, it's like, what are you trying, like, what are you trying to, are you trying to look like men's health magazine guy? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to look like a bodybuilder? Are you trying to look like a power lifter? Are you like, what, what's the end game? Is it a look? Is it a strength? Is right. it a, yeah. Right. Do you a want sport? abs? Because yeah. if you want abs, get in the kitchen first. Right. right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's why I've never had them. Right. <laughs> and that's why in you train a certain way, like, uh, I'm bothered because now you know this, when you get a knowledge, it becomes dangerous Yeah. because you get irritated. I see, uh, I see what, and I hate to say this, but you know this is true. Like high school level in Arizona, uh, the football coach is the science teacher. Yeah, right. Like played, right. played, played. He played a little football back in the day, and so I see these kids come in with programs, and I'm like, "Are you training to be a bodybuilder? Why the fuck are you moving so slow? Right? Like nothing. What part of football moves at that pace? It's a right. game." Quick, yeah. From dead stop to full speed, dead stop. six seconds. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. and every and I'm like, why are you training in a way that doesn't match your sport? Right. Exactly. Like it, right. 
your brain is going crazy, you know? And then of course, as I get more and more, uh, and I, I have the, the misfortune, I'll call it, of then now I know a lot of professional athletes. So then I'll talk to them about things that gets worse. Right. You know, like I, I've got a friend, I won't name drop, but that's uh, a, a wide receiver in the NFL. And he laughed because I was like, oh, those, those guys are uh, great at the, uh, the ladder. And he goes, that's fucking useless. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean? Look how fast his feet goes. He goes, when do you look down at your feet? Exactly. And I was like, oh, shit. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because, again, like it, I, I think I know. Right. But then he's like, we don't do that. No. Why on earth would I look at my feet? Right. You know, and then he brings up, you know, other things. Like he goes, you know, he goes, Jerry Rice, watch his 40. Now watch his 40 when there's a ball in the air. It's a whole different form. <laughs> He's like, I'm telling you, that guy finds a gear that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. That's and that's why he was so great. He's like, you look at him on paper, and he's not the man that plays football. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what so, Deion Sanders was like. Yep. Deion Sanders was just like, he glided across the field. Yeah. And, and, and he did have good stats as far as 40 times and everything. But when he played, he didn't play at a 4-3-40. He played like at a 4-1-40. Right. You know, yeah. He, he just, and it's game awareness. It's so many things. And a lot of, you know, I always find the, it's not so much anymore with me because I'm now many generations removed from, you know, the core football fans that are younger. Mm -hmm. But that steroid question, right? Or, or you did, you made it because of the steroids. You made it because of this. You made it because mm -hmm. of that. And I, you know, I don't argue about it. I, I just yeah, say, why? I said, <laughs> I said, I said, Steroids do work. They get you stronger. They get you bigger, but they don't make you a better football player. They don't make you a, like a better this or that. In my opinion, I said, mm -hmm. I knew a lot of guys that were stronger than me that were like could bench more, squat more, like do power cleans way more than me. Yeah, but not on the, not on the field. Not, they couldn't play. Yep. They couldn't play. They didn't have the footwork. And then some of them did have the footwork and were strong. But they couldn't think on the run. Yep. If something changed like that instantly because the defense shifted and the quarterback changes the call, it's like there are, and as you know, in bodybuilding, there are so many variables and tangibles that you have to adjust on the run. Right. So it's like, but people are like, oh, well, it's, it's steroids. If, so I'm like, yeah. well, if it's steroids, wouldn't every guy well, be shouldn't built I be the best? phenomenal? Right. <laughs> like, wouldn't every guy be built freaking? Like, yeah. like with traps and, and, and how they want to look. Yeah, well, that's, that's why it's always comical because I have that. And I mean, and it always throws people off because, you know, it's the, you, God forbid you break down your own macho-ness. <laughs> but guys are like, oh, man, I'd be, I'd be scared to bump into you in a dark alley. I'm like, you can make it 20 seconds. You'll be just fine. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to be exhausted. You're 30, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I tell them, like, you, you'd much rather, you don't want to meet me when I was a high player at 215. I'd have killed you. Right. <laughs> Right. But and, now, and, if you could yeah. keep away from me for about 30 seconds, you're probably going to beat my ass. So you're going to be just fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's why sometimes when you see stuff on uh, about Navy SEALs, and I'll just mm -hmm. use them as an example. It's like, I think people have an impression that Navy SEALs are these big, huge guys. Yeah, they're 170 pounds. And, <laughs> and, and they do stuff that's just off the charts, like unthinkable. Yep. And, and, and then I thought to myself, even if I was 180 or 175 and in great shape, I couldn't do the claustrophobia stuff. Yeah. Where they put you in a torpedo and shoot you out, you know, to get on shore in the middle of the night. I'm like, uh-uh. It's but like, that's a whole different animal. But it, you know what's funny about it is, and I, and I believe this with, with all levels of greatness, it all comes back to the same thing. Mindset. Yeah. What they're capable of. Yeah. Uh, and then knowing what that is. Um, and then for some of them, not believing there's a line. Right. You know what I mean? Because it is. It's really like, think of every like extremely successful person you know uh, that, that, that did it themselves. Right. It's always the same thing. They've got, they see things differently. The way their brain works is different. Um, you know, and then execution. You know, like uh, one of my friends who's a very successful businessman, uh, I laugh because his, it's like my childhood was always uh, 
brute force. That was just how I got through life. Like, yeah. just go through it. Why go around a wall if you can go through a wall? It's faster. You described my life. You know, yeah. And I mean, and it worked for me because it was, I always say, well, that's the only way I know how. So yeah. it'll work. And it um, worked. Yeah. But he was a guy that since a kid, so he's older than me, but he had a paper route. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day when you had a paper route, you collected money at the door. People actually had cash. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So he would, uh, every week, this is just the business mindset of it. Knock on the door. Wife answers the door. He's like, oh, hey, it's due. And she'd bring whatever the money was, hand to him, give him the paper. The next week, he'd come back, knock on the door. If she answered again, she'd go, you want to drop your paper off? If the husband answered, it's due. Nobody talks about it. It's too small of an amount of money. Right. So he was double dipping on every single one in the neighborhood all the time. But, and I laughed because I'm like, you're a thief. But right. also, <laughs> that, that no one teaches that. Right. That's your, that was your mindset when you were seven years old. I yeah. can milk this for more. Yeah. It's not shocking that that's what you do. Yeah, dogs. I've got uh, <laughs> yard people. Hey, hey, you're protecting me. I know. Come here. Come here. Yorkies, man. Don't mess with them. All Don't mess with the Yorkies. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're absolutely not going to be messing around with this blower. Harvey, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You go do something else, okay? Good job. And it's in the front, and you're looking out the back. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it, it does. It all comes back to, like, what you're wired for. Um, I, call and, it the, and, I call it the it factor. Like, mm-hmm. like, people have it or they don't. For sure. You know? And yeah. It, it's something that – I think there's, there's a lot of people that do have the it factor, but they don't execute. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is execution, as you know – it's, it's over time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's where people slip is it's easy to execute for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, but like the Elon Musk's of the world, mm. they don't stop. No. You know what I mean? Think about it. Like, he made it to absolute like never have to think about money again and went, put it all back on the table. I have a new idea. Right. Right. What? Right. Exactly. Like, he spent all of his money again. Right. All of it. Yeah. Like, he, I mean. Yeah. He, <laughs> he sold all his houses except for one. Yeah. And he had like, you know, these like multi, multi million dollar homes all over the world. Yeah. And, and when he was asked why, he said, I, I just, like, I don't need them. Yeah. I <laughs> like, need to do I, this. I spend like a couple days a year or a week. And he goes, I'd rather just not have them and simplify life and focus on what I really want to achieve. Yeah, this is what he's doing, you know? Uh, it's funny because I do find myself following, and you know, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I follow successful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in sports, other than hockey, I don't follow teams, I follow players. Right, individuals. I love excellence. Like, like I will listen to anyone who's phenomenal. Uh, you know, other than these kind of shows, it's funny, but like when I go out to eat with people, I'm, I'm, I, sometimes I'm waiting for him to ask me if, if I'm like interviewing him. <laughs> so like, tell me more, tell me more. Right, right. But I'm obsessed with everyone's story who's made it. Right. You know, because it's always interesting. It's always and something. Personalities that are yeah. the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and of course, you know, when you're in our world, as you know, like as much as it's nice to talk about, they're like, if we talk about anything but me. Right, exactly. Please, exactly. anything but me. I don't care what it is, just, right, 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 you know, right, right. Or, or a chicken breast. I don't want to talk about right. a chicken breast. <laughs> or please, or, or a bench press, or, you know what I mean? You're like, so oh my God, I know nothing about this. Tell me, <laughs> tell me more about this thing you do, you know? <laughs> Let me ask you this, because this is a thing that I, I've done my whole life. It's changed now a lot because I don't go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. But I always had a like certain ritual I would do. Uh-huh. And when I say ritual, I just mean it's just a certain way I would do things to prep for, like I would really schedule my day around the lift. Oh, sure. Because instead of scheduling, you know, uh, you know okay, lifting's gonna be here, I'm gonna do this. I would schedule my day so I'm at my peak when I go into the gym. Yep. Um, do you have a certain ritual that you do that, that you didn't even, sometimes you don't even think about it. You just end up doing it. Or is there something that you've pre-thought or refined over the years that you do? Uh, I think, I mean, number one, as far as like the scheduling part. Yes. Um, I have a plan. Um, and I won't, and the other thing that's nice about when you're where we're at uh, or where I'm at is um, if I get to that time where it's time to go and I'm not ready, mm-hmm. I just change it. 
Like this is the most important part of my day. Everything else can move um, and everyone else can deal with it. Uh, you know, and I have training partners and stuff and, and they understand like, and in fact, they support it. Like they get like this, you know, I, I put up a post about today. I said, this is what most people do. This is what I am. Right. There's a difference. Right. You know, I know, um, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, and I didn't realize that actually until this pandemic, because when my world was forced to change, I had anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, and mind you, I never lost a key to a gym. Right. I could still do what I do, right. but it changed. Right. Some of the variables are out of my control now, and I don't like that. <laughs> right. No. no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I have that. But actually, what's interesting is. Um, in the gym, uh, I'm very loose uh, throughout the entire workout, and I need about 10 seconds before a set. And of that? Yeah, that's how I do it. Like, I found uh, when I was younger, I was, I'd get to the gym, and it's, it's go time. Right, for and the whole time, I'm pacing <laughs> back and forth, and I'm thinking about the set, and I found that that was exhausting. Yeah, wasted energy. And it actually hurt me. Yeah. And so now it'll throw people off because I'll make a smart ass remark to you. You'll laugh. Right. Then I'll turn and go silent and I'll pick up 800 pounds. And you're right, like, right, right. What the fuck? Yeah. Cause I'll and then you put it down all. and when you drop it, you're like, so anyways, uh, yeah. finger, and they're like, wait, yeah. what the fuck yeah. just happened? Yeah. But it's because, and you know this from, from football, like it becomes a light switch. Yeah. On and off. Yeah. Like, I, like the 10 I, seconds yeah. is to get me there. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the cool part is, is, and I don't know the, how it would equate, but I, I know you've experienced it in the gym is, uh, sometimes you get so locked into a set. Um, and my, I have one training partner, that's super loud. It's a fucking screamer. I love him. Like, you know, he's louder during my set than I, for sure. Not even close. Like sometimes I'm like, dude, Tone it down. You're not actually. Yeah, tone it down I'm, I'm the one. This is super weird. I'm feeling Wait. awkward. I don't feel awkward about anything. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but uh, where you'll you'll finish the set and rack, and then it'll be like someone turned the volume back up. Yeah. And then the room opens back up. Like you're you were yeah. here, yeah. and there's no sound, and you don't realize it. And then all of a sudden, this happens. Yeah. And then you yeah, take someone, yeah. literally turn the dial, and yeah. you're like. Holy that's, shit! That's I wasn't even I wasn't even here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a horse having like the blinders on and tunnel yep. vision. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else here except me and this. Yep. And yep. then when it's done, it's like everything just like kind of fades back yeah. in, and it eases back into normal. Yeah. And uh, and I have found that that's something you can tap into. Yeah. You know, there's there's levels of intensity. There's levels of focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and as you learn that. I think that again is back to that thing I'm drawn to right. because I get to do it every day. You know, there's right. something about going in and setting up for that set and being like, it's like the world doesn't understand, but the next 40 seconds of my life are amazing. Right. <laughs> and, and, I, and you know, you just said something that was for me so like obvious and so profound that I hope people hear it. And you said, I get to do this every day. There are right. so many people that say, I have to do this every day. Right. Right. Like, it's like, oh man, I got to do this. And you're right. like, hey, I get to do this. It's like, this is like, a, this is what I want to do. This is a privilege to do whatever I choose yeah. to do. And no, for sure. just that outlook on that is huge because that's probably how you look at life. Yeah, it's everything. In a lot of things, right? So it's like, it, it's instead of, oh, I've got to do this for this person, or I got to do this, or I got to, I got to, I got to, it's like, I get to. Yeah. And, and that whole mindset, and, and you know, I, I think that, you know, that's one of those core it factor things mm -hmm. on how you look at things. And, you know, in a, in a real quick linear fashion, mine went from, I get to do it to what's in it for me. Right. And then... And then when I look back on my life, the, the part that was in it for me was an epic fail. Right. And then when I went back to, hey, how can I help people? Yeah. Life started getting a lot better all of a sudden. Right. And well, like you said, when we had talked before, you, you wanted to give back something you took away.
yeah. uh, or you know, in your mind, didn't literally take, but didn't maybe take advantage of. Yeah. Thank you to Dusty Hanshaw and for listening to One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandarich podcast. For more information on Dusty, please visit IamMutant.com. For information on One Man's Ethos, please visit OneMan'sEthos.com and follow us on social media under One Man's Ethos. Also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich and on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandrich. You can also check out Tony's photographs at TonyMandrich.com. One Man's Ethos is produced by The Abstract Athlete. For more information on podcasts, events, and subscription boxes, please visit TheAbstractAthlete.com and follow us on social media under The Abstract Athlete. Join Tony next time when he welcomes Alan Shearer, photographer, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and host of Still Focus Podcast.